Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How you been? <laughs> What's new? Good, good. Um, I don't know. What's happening this week? It's way too fucking hot. We've passed the two weeks in New York that is actually nice to go outside and sit in the park. I went tanning for the first time ever in my life because I am clinically oh pale. I can totally tell. I can I can see thank you, thank you're, you. you're so not translucent anymore. I mean, it's faded now because basically there was the two week period where it was nice outside yeah. and I went to the park and I like laid out nude, not nude, but I did. I was shirtless in the park, which was very weird. Wow. Yeah. Not used to that. And then uh, it got way too fucking hot every single day. It's like a swamp. This is not what I paid for. No. I mean, I, I was so angry all all the time because of the humidity. <laughs> like, it just truly, I was like, why am I in a bitch mood? And I was like, oh, because the weather. Because <laughs> I'm fully wet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You walk outside and are just immediately drenched in your own juices. It's horrible. Someone is just kind of constantly squeezing the juices from the earth in a tiny turkey baster and then squirting it all over me. And... I hate it. Anyway, coming up on today's episode, now that we're in a pissed off mood, (laughs) we're going to kick things off as always with Worst Things First, of course, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into all of those moments when you realize uh, maybe that thing that you did as a child was actually super weird and not at all normal. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's all your dad's fault. Who knows? Happy Father's Day, everyone. This is our Father's Day episode. Basically, that is my that is my way of honoring dads. And finally, we have MJ Rodriguez on the pod. MJ is an actress, a singer who stars as Blanca Rodriguez Evangelista in Pose. She really does 
everything. And we talked about all of the stuff that MJ does. She is like a quadruple, quintruple thread. <laughs> she is working on a comic book. She is an artist in the truest. And she's like growing vegetables. So we talk about all that and more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, this story was all around Twitter this week. A listener highlighted it as well. A pet dog who vanished for two days after it was ejected from the rear window of a vehicle during a car accident. True nightmare situation. I think about it every single time that Putty is in the backseat of a car. It was finally found two days later, happily herding sheep on a nearby farm. Hero, hero, hero. I love this. I love this for this dog. I don't understand. Okay, yeah. I I don't understand why there are not like dog seat belts. I guess there probably there is. There are. They're just not that great. I can't imagine any dog is going to want to stay in it. We yeah. used to have to drug our dog. Maybe I should save this for the deep dive. We would drug our dog anytime it had to go in the car. Any oh, dog good. that we've ever had. Wow. Um. That's unnecessary, Matt. <laughs> Maybe not every time, but whenever it was like long trips, it was not like we didn't like trank the dog. It was like Benadryl. (laughs) I think it's because all dogs and this is you can quote me on this because I am a veterinarian. All dogs do kind of absorb the medical issues of their owners. Mm, Yes. Right. So it's like you have a bad back. Your dog has a bad back. You know, you have digestive issues. Your dog has digestive issues. Right. Our dog would always get car sick. (laughs) And I think that is a product of it being around all of us weak stomached individuals. And so we would have to, we would have to sedate her or she would vomit all over the car every, every mile. Which would then make all of you vomit all over the car. And it was just a sick, sick cycle. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting far away from this story. So (laughs) this pet dog, um, this is really a real case of turning lemons into lemonade here. This is a real Star is Born situation. You just never know when your dream job is going to present itself. Um, (laughs) This family, they were driving along the highway one one Sunday morning uh, in Idaho. And they crashed into another car. And their dog, Tilly, who is a Border Collie slash Red Healer mix. Mm -hmm. I don't know what a Red Healer is, but I do know what a Border Collie is. Its name is Tilly, and it was launched through the rear window, Airbud style. I'm just (laughs) imagining flying, soaring, flying. (laughs) Tilly uh, was unharmed, but stunned, apparently, as you would be if you fly out of a car. Dogs like barely even understand the concept of being in a car or like any sort of like transportation. There's just no way that their little brains can compute like I what think is he happening. Would compute being thrown from a vehicle. Well, I'm saying it's just <laughs> that whole experience. I mean, he is just shocking. rolled over and was like, "Okay, that was fine." I'm just saying it was shocking enough just being in a car. It's even true, more true, shocking true, true. to then be ejected from it suddenly. Like they yeah. don't understand that they are going 55 miles per hour no and i do remember uh there was one dog that we had where the vet was like this particular breed does not understand like distances or heights so you have to be careful because they'll fully jump out of a window (laughs) expecting to like land (laughs) not realizing that they're, they're several feet above the ground 
Anyway, so Tilly um, was unharmed, but stunned, ran away across uh, the, the, the Idaho prairie. And then they had to launch into this like several hour search. Um, I guess the family was also fine, secondary. Um, but there was like, you know, witnesses who, who came up, checked on them. And then they were like, OK, well, let's help you find your dog. And for 10 hours, they searched around, could not find the dog. They gave up. Then the family, they post on Facebook a picture of Tilly. And a couple of days later, cut to this farm. They have a dog, a couple of dogs, one of whose name is Hooey. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Terrible name for a dog. <laughs> and this maybe maybe they're like, really big Who Weekly fans. <laughs> literally, this, this man tells his brother, Hooey looks different today. <laughs> His his red fur looks darker than usual. <laughs> and his brother is like, yeah, because that's a different fucking dog. <laughs> this is a stranger. I don't understand. Where was the real Huey? <laughs> Did Tilly kill the real Huey and ab- assume his personality? I mean, that's the only explanation. They eventually recognized Tilly as the dog from Facebook. And they called and they reunited him. But they uh, said that, yeah, he had started apparently to uh, herd the sheep. Uh, and so, yeah, it just it, it just really goes to show sometimes you need to be launched through the rear window of your family car in order to really see what's important to you in life. It's beautiful. Next, sheriff's officials in Florida. Only in Florida. Say someone was dropping off a package after hours at a post office in Hernando County when they noticed a seven-foot alligator roaming around the lobby. Okay. Someone, just buying stamps. He just needed some stamps. He had to send some stuff to his friends in uh, Louisiana. Yeah. I remember that part of last year where everyone was like, like the mailman is a national hero. <laughs> everyone needs to get on their knees when the mailman comes over. <laughs> yeah. The amount of... <sighs> mailmen last year that got absolutely laid because (laughs) of their newfound status as both sex symbols and soldiers, really, um, you know, defenders of democracy, just off the charts. And maybe that's what the alligator was there for. Yeah. Just looking to pay his dues. Supporting that USPS. So someone was dropping off a package at about 3.30 a.m., on a recent Wednesday, which is already suspect as fuck. I don't understand. Why are you dropping off a package at 3.30 in the morning? The post office is only open from like 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. So I don't know how (laughs) any other hours would even make sense. Technically, all hours are off hours at the post office. (laughs) Yeah, this particular post office, at least, had these automatic double doors that allow people to enter off hours, but it also allows giant ass monsters to get into the (laughs) lobby the florida fish and wildlife conservation commission considers an alligator a quote nuisance animal if it is four feet or longer oh good and deemed a threat to people pets or property so this one is a double threat because it's nearly eight feet long Luckily, Florida has an alligator hotline for just these types of situations. Okay, I did okay. not know that, but I'm not surprised. Um, I don't want to give away too many good ideas here, but Florida needs an alligator hotline podcast. 
because I want to hear all of those calls. This is what we replace cops, the TV show with alligator hotline. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, we are going back to the town of Johnston, Rhode Island, where, uh, if you'll recall, a runaway steer that had escaped a slaughterhouse was on the loose for several months before someone snitched on him. How could I forget? How could I forget? Because now a donkey is reportedly at large after oh several sightings. I don't know what kind of livestock Bermuda Triangle situation <laughs> is happening in this town, but there is something they're not telling us. I don't know what is happening in Johnston, (laughs) Rhode Island. Why are all of these livestock on the loose? What is Rhode Island? (laughs) There's not even that much of it. Yeah. Who would have thought that Rhode Island is just like farmland? (laughs) Did, Did everybody know about this but me? The donkey was first spotted one Sunday night, but police arrived. He was gone. What a mystery. Then a bunch of drivers caught him on camera walking down the street. I love this. The mayor went on the radio to say, here we go again. (laughs) He is so fed up. This is literally his only job is to comment on (laughs) escaped livestock. (laughs) I mean, I guess it is a concern. You don't want a donkey causing a car crash, but there are enough asses out there causing car crashes. What's one more? Yeah, I will say if I, if I see a good ass, you better believe it's it's distracting me enough to (laughs) veer off the road. I'll do it. That's why gays can't drive famously, (laughs) even though I have historically taken issue with that stereotype because I can drive, but it only takes one crash for my dog to go flying out the window before everyone's like, oh, you're a terrible driver. Call back. No one has reported a missing donkey, but the mayor said that there are several farms in the area. So maybe you just don't know your donkey is missing yet. There's no way of knowing. Animal control is patrolling the area where the donkey was last seen. But you know what? I'm here for this donkey to roam around for the next several months, just like that steer. Hope he runs into Fred the goat. Fred the goat. That's true. We haven't talked about Fred in a while, but Fred the goat could be behind this. He could. It's not a Bermuda Triangle. It's just that Fred the goat has put down his flag in Rhode Island. That's true. We'll see. We'll be following this story. (laughs) And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut by the editors from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash I'll put up all of the cut stories, including the video of us talking about them. Next, we're diving deep into all of our weird childhood memories. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, it's Father's Day this weekend. And uh, in honor of all the dads out there, I thought we'd dive deep into all of our weird childhood memories. The memories of things that you thought were totally normal at the time. And then you say them out loud as an adult and you realize, hold on a second. Was my childhood actually supremely fucked up? (laughs) Obviously, this was just inspired by Father's Day. Not all of these things are even dad related or our dad's fault. Sometimes there are mom's faults. True. 
most of the times, in fact. <laughs> but they're also not not our dad's faults. So um, I mean, it, it's it's their fault for bringing us into this world. That's so. right. Everything is technically their fault. I love yep. telling that to my parents. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. It's like, oh, you didn't want to pay for college? Well, guess what? You shouldn't have fucked 30 years ago. <laughs> Call this a therapy session if you must. Mostly this is just weird shit that is going to come vomiting up. Mostly these are things that have been discussed in past episodes that have had absolutely no place in what we were talking <laughs> about. And uh, finally we decided let's put them all into one weird deep dive where we bring up the past. So let's get into it. The first memory that really prompted this deep dive was something I shared about the moment that I transitioned from bathing in a in a bathtub mm. to showering in the stand-up shower. Something that all of us remember and yet none of us talk about enough. So I, you are brave. This is a brave space. And thank you for sharing. Let's hear it. The reason that it was a jarring transition and why I remember it so specifically is because I remember being old enough to want to take a shower Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a grown man now. I can take showers. I've got a briefcase. I need to take a shower. <laughs> and but I was not old enough to wash myself, like to be able to like, you know, control a piece of soap and like lather up and, right. you know, get everything properly. So I would stand there. I just recall vividly standing in the shower with the faucet turned off. Like we didn't, we wouldn't turn it on yet. While one of my parents would lather up a washcloth and then wipe me down fully nude. Um, and it's just like, so there's something so weird about like, yeah, when someone is bathing you as a child and you're like in a bathtub and there's at least part of you is submerged in water. That's right. not weird. But being like just fully naked while someone like rubs you down with a washcloth is That's some so... king shit. <laughs> it's it's so... so weird, especially when you're standing up. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I I don't recall exactly how old I was. I probably was like five or six, I guess. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, probably like five. I'm I'm thinking around five. Okay. Six feels too old. I would have been able to wash myself by then. Yeah, I don't know. Just based off of the other childhood stories <laughs> you've told, I wouldn't be surprised if you were actually 10. Do you recall when you transitioned from, from bath to shower? I remember the first time that I took a shower by myself and I ran outside in my nightgown because I thought my mom was outside and I shouted, Mom, I did it. I showered by myself. And my brother, who's 14 years older than I am, was outside with all of his friends. And they all I was like so embarrassed because I just like shouted that in front of a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> so that part I remember. I don't remember the actual shower, but I remember the shame that came soon after it. Yeah. The thing is, the reason that some of these memories are stuck is because of the shame associated with them. I know. I love thinking about how how much parents like care about creating like joyful memories. And then like I can really only tell you about like the most traumatic ones. Like those are the <laughs> ones that stuck. Like Disneyland Disney tried. World, the only thing from Disney World that I really remember was when like my sister bullied me on It's a Small World and the mm -hmm. Peter Pan ride being closed. And like that's about it, you know? Yeah. I definitely have some some traumatic theme park memories. <laughs> 
What else? Other weird memories. One thing I've talked about perhaps a lot, but never really dove into is my dad's clock collection. Which to me, I just imagine that your house, like there's no wall space because there are just clocks everywhere constantly chiming. (laughs) You're not not wrong. I mean, (laughs) whenever I do go home now and I stay in my childhood bedroom that has now become part like display case basically (laughs) with a bed in the corner i have to like unplug multiple clocks because (laughs) i can't take all of the ticking i also as i've documented on this podcast before i'm very sensitive to noises i don't like being able to hear shit at night i need complete silence but also i won't wear earplugs because i'm afraid i'll die cool so you could see it's really a struggle in my in my head <laughs> but i literally have to I'll unplug a bunch of shit i'll have post-it notes and cover all the little like lights that are on everything <laughs> it is that is that is the work that i have to do when i'm at home but anyway yeah my dad collects anti-clocks it's a point of contention among my parents because my mom doesn't like that he goes out and buys buys them and spends money on them to the point where then he would like hide them in his car <laughs> trunk and under the bed. <laughs> We'd go digging for something under the bed and like find a clock that he bought without telling anybody. <laughs> yeah. But no, now they're pretty much confined to like display shelves they're not okay. all over the walls a okay. lot of them are like clocks that you would put on like a shelf or something but there are there are a lot of like on you like we had that one we did have a cat one with the eyes a classic right we had one where there was like two little kids kind of like swinging in the middle wow that's a classic one we did have a cuckoo clock that we only ran when i was when i was younger i recall the cuckoo clock being a a noise of my childhood, mm. but not, I think eventually the rest of us got fucking sick of it and he, st- he stopped whatever you have to do. You have to like pull the, pull the little levers. Do you think your family had like a really different relationship with time than most people? <laughs> Certainly had a different relationship with just, yeah, the noises that we were, we put up with. Maybe this is what I'm uncovering right now. Yeah. Why I'm so sensitive to sounds. Yeah. I think that is it. <laughs> Because every 15 minutes in our house, there's just bongs and chimes <laughs> coming from every corner. <laughs> bong, 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 bong. My grandma Eve had that one that, that made that one. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the like clock sound that yeah. I grew up with. My grandma still has that. If I ever call her and I'll hear that in the background every 15 minutes. <laughs> that's how you know it's time to hang up. Next! One thing we discovered recently when we were high is that I had a very weird, um, very weird relationship with my belly button as a child. I want to give a little more context. I personally am obsessed with the fact that like as a child, you know what everyone's belly buttons look like. Like you just are always showing each other each other's, you know, who's an innie, who's an outie. Belly buttons are just discussed. And I feel like as we have gotten older, it's just a body part that we completely disregard. And like... Is something I'm not necessarily advocating for bringing it back to our adult life. It's just something I like to to notice and think about. But like who of my friends have Audis? Who have innies? I don't know. I can tell you I have a very deep innie. <laughs> I mean, same. I think it's because my mother loved me so much that the umbilical cord really just was like deep mm. in there. That is an interesting theory and one that would support my deep belly button as well. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that I've, I've weeded out the Audi people in my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll get letters about this, sure. You know, because <laughs> send the hate mail, send, pen me your, your, your vitriol now. But people with Audis <laughs> are sinners and they're <laughs> disgusting. And I think I knew that as a child. Uh, and even today, I'm like shocked when I see one in person. <laughs> like, why, why is that here? <laughs> The specific memory was that my belly button was off. Like, as we established, I have a very deep belly button. Mm -hmm. And as a child, okay, I never loved cleaning my belly button, nor do I think about cleaning my belly button because uh, you just assume that it gets kind of covered right, right. when you're washing your stomach. Um, but I would often have stuff kind of caught in it, pieces of, of lint, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember every time we would go over to my aunt and uncle's house, they had a, a pool in the backyard. We would go over to swim. If my uncle would always make fun of me if there was something like stuck in my belly button. <laughs> so and yes, rude. you and I have discussed this. It is strange that my uncle would always comment on my belly button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think it has more to do with the fact that my belly button was always just like glaringly filthy. <laughs> I don't think he was looking that hard. I think it was just like there was always something sticking out of it. I like to think that you just used it as like a pocket, you know, it was like a little purse. Yeah, I, I guess the reason that I never really deep cleaned my belly button is because, <laughs> OK, I don't I can't speak for people with vaginas, but I do know that personally, as someone with a penis, when when you dig very deeply in your belly button, there's it's connected to something down there. <laughs> and I don't like that sensation. <laughs> <laughs> it is there's some sort of connection and i don't understand it but when when you go very deep in the belly button you feel it in the genital area this has been science with matt some doctor needs to back me up on that next the other weird thing we discovered recently is that my family used to regularly eat as a side dish at dinner cottage cheese <laughs> As a side dish, as a standalone side dish. I am famously, notably a huge fan of cottage cheese. But uh -huh. for breakfast, the idea of having like steak and then like there's just a side of cottage cheese is insane to me. Yeah, that would literally would literally be like we'd have steak and then like maybe my mom would open like a can of green beans that she mm. boiled on the stove. No seasoning. And then... <laughs> Maybe some sliced up cantaloupe. What? And then cottage cheese. Oh my God. That sounds like a terrible meal. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. We, we probably would still have that. If I, <laughs> if I went home and one of my parents was like making dinner, that is probably what we would have. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's mostly because it's like my mom, we'd be like, okay, we're having steak for dinner. Would not consider any side dishes to accompany it. There are so many side dishes you can make with steak. Mashed potatoes, a side of veggies, which you did just state, a little salad, rice, you know. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, th those often made appearances. Vegetables, okay. some like, you know, some some wild rice uh, or some rice aroni, perhaps. Right. I just would say like... One of these things is not like the other, and that's cottage cheese. And let's see, the final memory that I'll share is, um, this is 
I used to have a famously weak stomach. I have talked about it on stage before. I used to throw up all the time as a kid. Great. <laughs> My family did once basically ruin an old country buffet because of how much <laughs> we vomited. <laughs> That is a story that I will not share right now. Perhaps I'll tell it on stage again. But if you've seen my live show, you've heard that story. But I had a very weak stomach and I used to not be able to blow my nose. What? Because the mere sensation of a booger would make me throw up. <laughs> to the point where, you know, those like plungers that they use on yeah. baby noses. Yeah, she yeah, had yeah. to use that. To, <laughs> she had to use that on me. Until like well, <laughs> well into childhood. Wow. She wow. used to chase me around with it because I was like, no, I'd rather walk around and not be able to talk. I would sound <laughs> like this because my nose was so plugged and she'd be like, let me fucking plunge your nose. <laughs> and I used to be like, no. And I, she'd have to chase me around. There was one time where we were driving like down the highway and I sneezed and a booger came out. And it was like on my nose. No, I hate that. It's but disgusting. I couldn't see it, but my brother was in the seat next to me and he was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and my mom was in the front like, Anthony, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't say anything. And I was like, what? What's happening? What's happening? And he was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and then finally I like reached up, touched it, threw up all over the back seat. <laughs> And my mom was like, God damn it. And she had to pull over on the highway and like clean me off, clean up the back seat. Uh, cars were stopping and like asking her if she needed help. <laughs> Just a disaster. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Still to this day, I can't look at a booger without, without twinging just a little bit. So um, anyway. You know what? Hearing all of this, you've come so far, Matt. You've come I so think far. I have come far, you know, the idea that even even one of these memories could produce the human that stands before you today. Um, pretty amazing. But anyway, if you're wondering, like, what drove you to pursue comedy as a career? Look no further than all of these examples. That's it for this week's very weird deep dive. Next, we got MJ Rodriguez in the pod. By the way, if you don't know, MJ stars in Pose. She is truly fantastic. Already Emmy buzz. If you haven't seen Pose, it's in its final season. If you have no idea what it's about, it's about the New York ballroom scene in the late 80s. If you don't know what the ballroom scene is, go watch Paris is Burning. If you haven't seen Paris is Burning, the documentary about this, then why are you even listening to this podcast? Honestly, it's Pride Month and you're offending me. Go watch Paris is Burning and then go watch all of Pose. It's truly a fantastic show. Groundbreaking. Amazing. I love it. Binge it on Netflix. Catch up. Watch all of season three. It's great. So we'll get to MJ right after this commercial break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My guest complainer today is actress MJ Rodriguez. She stars in the TV show Pose as Blanca, mother of the House of Evangelista. And I will add, if you have not seen the Suddenly Seymour performance from The Late Late Show, I watch it like once a week. Everybody needs to go, you know, stop this podcast, go listen to it, and then come back. Welcome, MJ. Matt, you are a dream. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I'm living for this Beyonce shirt that you got on right now. Hail to the queen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is one of my my prized t-shirts. As it should be. She's the queen. <laughs> you know, bumblebees are always going to flock to their queen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I like to start by asking what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Mushrooms, child. The texture of it drives me insane. <laughs> and I... <laughs> still eat them. I don't because I well, they're healthy. That's why. But yeah, like I really yeah. hate eating them. I I love that there was absolutely no hesitation. No. Nope. Straight at the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hard agree on this one. Okay. You understand. It's not a plant. It's not, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's we know what fungi. it is, but I don't it's know what it is. Fungi, which is, I mean, yeah. it, it has like its special tendencies to it. Like, you know, you mm-hmm, know, it comes mm-hmm. from Mama Earth and all that other stuff, but she could have created this with a little bit more texture, a little bit more crunch to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know that people go really hard for like the big portobello mushroom situation <laughs> in like place of a burger. Well, yeah, I don't know about that either. Mm-hmm. Right. That. Okay. I thought you were going to double back in nope. defense of portobello. <laughs> chop it up, ground it up, baby, you know, make it, because yeah. th- you know, they're doing that now. They'll chop it up, ground it up and you know, do a little whatever they do to it to make it taste like a burger. Uh-huh, do that for uh-huh. me. But that big old thing on top, dude, I'm like, that can't, that can't. No. Yeah, don't try to sell this giant slimy piece of mushroom <laughs> as, it's a burger. It's not a burger. I'm fine if you've disguised it. I'm totally right. with you on that one. Disguise it just a little bit. I'm also not a fan, not that I've ever just been like foraging in a forest, but I don't Forged like, okay. <laughs> but you know how it's like, you know, mushrooms, people go like mushroom picking and uh, uh, yes. some of them are like, you know, if you eat this one, it'll kill you instantly. But this one is great for you. And it's like, that is a game that I'm not interested in playing. I'm ever. not playing that game either. I mean, my life is important to be here. You know, it's right. I mean, <laughs> it's essential. Uh, no, but child, I heard that so many times. I've heard a lot of people who go into the forest and they like actually, but they, you know, some of them might be trained. Who knows? Right. They're doing the hard work on our behalf so that we don't have to. We already know, okay, if a mushroom ever trickles its way down onto my plate, it's okay. it's been vetted. It's and been I'm not pre-proved. turning blue. <laughs> right. Or... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but that is a good one. I some Thank people you. go. I, I I think especially you know all all respect to everybody who's who's living you know their meatless fantasies right now. You know, mushrooms I feel like are are big. <laughs> you know, pe- they're, they're, people are pushing it. <laughs> They're, they are. I mean, we could talk about mushrooms forever. <laughs> we could talk about mushrooms forever, honey. That's the thing. Do you have any other? What? Are, what is your uh, a, 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 like a perfect idea of a snack? My perfect idea of a snack is nuts, berries. I'm like, I feel like I'm a natural like fairy. I feel like I'm a realistic kind of fairy. Uh huh. <laughs> and I feel like I want berries. I want apples. I want you know, almonds and those are the kind of snacks that I live for, you know? Yeah. I am so with you. I feel like, you know, we like are raised thinking that you want the like junk food and fruit snacks and all of this stuff. But like, I don't, the older I get, the more I'm like, honestly, a bag of mixed nuts. will turn you the out. Right spot. A little, a little trail mix, baby. Don't hurt nobody. Yeah. Just a little bit. Even though my one complaint about berries is that they are way too fucking expensive. Well, we can talk about that. We can definitely talk about that. You know, I'd rather go. Now, you talking about voyage of going into the forest. Now, I'll pick some <laughs> some berries off of a tree. Yeah. I'll, I'll snag a lemon. OK, you know, but <laughs> yeah, this expensive stuff is it don't make no sense to me. No, these are the I most bought, essential things I mean, that you could ever have. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I like I it enrages me when I go to the grocery store. I don't think until this year, this will sound very like elitist of me, but I don't think I, you know, there's just so many times where I go to the store and I know I just have to get what I have to get. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it. And I, I wasn't paying that close attention to what each individual item cost, <laughs> which was a privilege. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but Berries lately, I'm like, why the fuck am I spending ten dollars on a pint of raspberries? That should not be allowed. Listen. And I know these beer berries were treated with a great deal of respect and not like fucked up with chemicals. Right. But still. Right. Well, I'll tell you this, honey. That is exactly why I got a little blueberry bush right in the back of my backyard, honey. That's you know? how you do it. Oh yeah, and you gotta get the berries that grow wild. You know, like that actually grow real quick. Because if you get those berries that grow, you gonna be mad. You gonna be real upset. And then you gonna have to go to that store and be like, "Damn it, I gotta pick up ten dollar berries that got stuff that be on it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, there's no way of knowing what exactly. I'm sure I've eaten enough like chemically processed blueberries mm-hmm. that my insides are now. Irreversibly damaged, but oh, we're no. beyond that now. <laughs> you alive, you here, bro. You deserve to be here. Thank here. you, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna next time. I'm gonna look those berries in the face and tell them exactly that. Listen here, okay, berry. Yeah, listen here, raspberry. <laughs> Are you so you're living like your Oprah, like planting blueberry bushes in the backyard, yeah. harvesting. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give this like, I'm trying to give this very calm, zen, free, happy life. I mean, I just love being uplifted. I love, I just love having zenness, you know, and sometimes it may be a little bit boring, you know, and I have to snap (laughs) myself out of it. I'm like, okay, this is a little bit too much. I need to go out and I need to like (laughs) grab a little drink, just maybe one, you know, Uh because I don't drink that often. But, um. Yeah, I'm living my 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 Oprah fantasy, and I'm I'm real happy about it. You know, 
can't complain when are it's you, over. Are, you're based on the West Coast? No, I'm based in the tri-state area. Okay, okay. But a girl is on the West Coast right now. She's bi-coastal, so she's trying to make things happen. Right, right. I mean, you are, so, you know, Trains you're... Too. You're living the bi-coastal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, I feel like, uh, especially after the last year, I feel like horrifically boring. Like, I, I just feel like every time <laughs> now I interact with people, I'm like, what are we even? I've done nothing in the last year. And so it does feel like, you know, we have to start forcing ourselves. OK, I have to go out and get a drink so that stuff is happening. You know, important. I'll tell you this. When I was in Rona, I'm saying bitch ass Rona. I've been hashtagging <laughs> bitch ass Rona for a minute. And I'm glad uh-huh. she's she's making her leave. Bye, yeah. girl. No, but like ever since the 14 month situation, I'll say mm-hmm. it's just been like weird because all of us, including people all around the world, have been like stir crazy. For me, I'll say specifically, I learned mm-hmm. that if I play The Sims, then I'm good. You know, just play The Sims all day. <laughs> Uh-huh. Your scripts and just <laughs> live your life, you know. <laughs> I actually was going to ask about The Sims because I I gathered from your your Twitter that you are a Sims player. <laughs> you yes. are deep in the Sims fandom, right? <laughs> yes, I am heavily. I mean, I used to play The Sims when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I I feel like I've I haven't kept up with it, but The Sims has never left. The Sims no. have been here the it's, whole time. It's here. It's thriving and uh-huh. it's fun. Um, it's not like, so now we're about to be a little bit nerdy. So it's not like the older Sims, you know, where uh-huh. it, it had more um, depth to it. But if you are a person who loves mods, uh-huh. this is for all my gamers out there. If you're a person <laughs> who loves mods, then you can definitely make it what it used to be or you can make it whatever you want and the game that i play is very realistic extremely right realistic. okay it's almost like i'm i'm not god i'm not gonna say that you know uh-huh. but i feel but... like god in the sense of watching over and being like you don't need to be there you don't need to be there how about y'all love each other uh-huh uh-huh yeah no i i love that you are you're truly passionate about every every single every piece single of the, the multi-hyphenate it's, it's acting it's singing it's simming okay oh, work man <laughs> equal work. weight work work are, are there any uh hobbies that you have picked up in the last year that you were surprised to have picked up yep cleaning my room um <laughs> Great hobby. <laughs> yes, it's important, honey, because when you're in the house and you see all of that stuff, it throws your brain off. No, but um, uh-huh, yeah, cleaning my uh-huh. room and drawing, child. Drawing has been my like getaway. I love yeah. drawing. It's my favorite thing to do. Have you been uh, like a, a a drawer and artist for a long time, or is this like a new hobby? I've been an artist for a while. I, I love okay, okay. Sketching, doing fashion art. I took like elective in school when I was in high school, mm-hmm. but I was doing something child. So my teacher was like, that's not proportionate. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's abstract. It's, thank you. Come on, man. Uh-huh. You better come on and uplift me, child. It was very abstract, though. It was like this pain right in the back of me. Um. <laughs> okay. Okay. So they had a point, but. Anyway, um, no, I, I, I was watching uh, your interview on the Colbert show, the, the late show, and um, I saw you, you demonstrating your sketches of 
your your comic book character. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, she's an artist. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I've been working on that for ages. Um, so hard when you're writing, child. It's so many pieces that have to come together, and dialogue is insane. Uh huh. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So I, I mean, I don't want to just like rehash everything that you talked about um, on Colbert, but I guess I do a little bit, which is so you are you are like creating your own comic book character. You have think what is I mean, give me the like the the brief. Okay, my character's name is Patience. Um, mm -hmm. It went through so many changes too. I was like, what name would be good for a superhero? Um, Patience, definitely. We haven't seen a superhero's name who's Patience. Don't nobody take my stuff. Um, <laughs> all of this is trademarked thank you uh, this is yeah it is actually i had to make sure of that um <laughs> there you go but uh yeah she's this misunderstood character um i mm -hmm. don't know if if she's cis or trans um okay i haven't made that decision yet mm -hmm. um i probably don't even want to put a title to her i just want her to be her Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's this strong, multifaceted, multidimensioned character who's trying to find her way through discovering her powers and how to control them. Um, and mm -hmm. this lineage and legacy of family and tribe that she's been connected to and that she's never known about. Um, I'm excited. You got me to... talking about this whole thing and I'm so happy. <laughs> But I have I was listening to a couple of other podcast interviews. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I do love that it seems like you're sort of you've drawn inspiration from your character on pose. Yeah. And and like, yeah, I, I guess I I've never acted. So I don't like, you know, know how you how you sort of like you have your character and you have yourself and how one can really influence the other in both directions. Ooh, um, I mean, with Blanca, I just, I think the, the thing with Blanca and that differentiated us was that I didn't live in 1987 and mm -hmm. she was a bit more courageous due to her survival tactics because she didn't have anything. Like I had my mom, I had my dad, I mm -hmm. had support from the LGBTQAI community and the hetero community. So I didn't like, I didn't have the things that Blanca had. And I think that's what inspired me most is that I didn't have those. And I learned from her. I learned from, mm -hmm. you know, the characters that were inspired by her, like my mama, who also didn't have a lot when she was younger, but me do and came out wonderful. Or like the, just like many, the many women of ballroom scene who had to survive I didn't have that. So I had to make sure I did my research and I had to make sure that I did it right. I mean, yeah, I was a part of the ballroom scene, but mm -hmm. um, I was still able to go back home. I was still able right. to be with my mama and my daddy and, you know, feel loved even when they was cursing me out. Cause child, I got cursed out all the time. Cause I was doing <laughs> stupid stuff. Child, I was, I was a bad kid. I wasn't bad, but like I was living on the edge uh-huh sure most kids do. <laughs> but i mean here you are so it worked out i guess i mean listen yo i'm I'm not gonna lie i every single day i wake up and i'm like this is really my life i tell my boyfriend every single day i'm like is this really my life right now like i'm mm -hmm. a girl who came from newark new jersey 
who had it hard. You know, I still have my mom and daddy, but I had to witness what we had to go through. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to see where I was, where I came from and where I'm at now, it's kind of surreal to me. And I think it's going to always be surreal to me. Um, I like to keep my feet planted on solid ground. So, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, as far as Blanca, I think that's the difference between me and her. She didn't have all of those things. And mm-hmm. as the, the seasons went on, I was just enamored by her growth from someone who was with a family who didn't have all the means to going to this place where she has her own apartment. She has her three kids and she's a nurse and she's like, oh, girl, you did that. Okay, I'm going to be inspired by that and do this. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what inspired Michaela J. Right. Um, Yeah, I guess it's like so... uh I've lost count of how many episodes the final season is out. It's week to week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so in that mode of like, you know, I, I love to binge and a show like Pose. It's like we have to wait week to week to, oh, to yeah. figure out what happens. Oh, yeah, baby, we, <laughs> we always going to make sure that we keep you on a cliff just a little right. bit. You know, right, right. Ryan's going to make sure he's going to get the people to sing. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I guess like for people who are who are, you know, just kind of starting, what what can we expect from the rest of this season? I would say you can expect so much beauty in what trans women can do with their lives when there was nothing given to them and mm-hmm. how we make ends meet and how we succeed. Um, you'll see the achievements that every single last one of the characters have been wanting, have been reached, and that hope has been extremely instilled in each and every last one of them. And that the legacy of this show was not only family, but it was also the growth and raising of resilient children. And that goes mm-hmm. from Electra to Blanca, to Blanca to Angel, and to Angel, uh, Damon, uh, Ricky, Lil Poppy, every single character, Lulu. That trickles down. It's like a family tree. I think that's what we'll be seeing in this third season and how one can be so rooted in the culture and the community of the LGBTQAI community that they fight so hard for it, even in the darkest times. They fight for it Mm -hmm. to stay around because it was one of the key pieces to a lot of things that we see today that contribute to entertainment as far as music, television, the list goes on. That's what this show is doing. And that's what the third season is doing. And um, lastly, it's giving accolades, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the last episode is the co- collective accolade. The, the last two or three episodes are the accolades of, or the fruits of labor from mm-hmm. each character and especially Blanca, you know, um, she worked hard, Miss Blanca, and I'm so happy to see her achieve what she hasn't achieved before and to see her go on and you just see her soar. It's beautiful. So, yeah, that's what this season is pretty much about. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm like emotionally prepared enough as a viewer. I can't even imagine as someone who is a part of the show. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I am I am like I need to like steal myself for the finale oh you gotta you gotta get them emotions together chat i gotta get mine together too because i've been a ball of tears i've uh-huh. been a ball of tears it's, it's 
I'm not usually someone who cries. I'm always silly and laughing and, you know, give me uh-huh. a little serious moment. But for the most part, you're going to see a smile on my face. But with this season, honey, I was, <laughs> I've become a wreck. And I kind of love yeah. it because it's like the shedding, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, I guess with the storyline, but also in, in reality, it is the culmination of of the last several years of work. Yeah. I mean, that's that's worth getting emotional over. Yes, it is. Uh, I do want to challenge you on one thing, which is oh, so I was reading your Entertainment Weekly cover story, Bragg, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and they quote you saying this is a direct quote. I love giving hugs. I do. That I'm going to have to take issue with because <laughs> I mean, admittedly, hugs have been on a, a bit of a hiatus in the last year. But um, yeah, I was always like a, a hug skeptic, I think, prior to the, the last year. Explain it's yourself, just... sir. We have to know. <laughs> They're always like, ah. I never know. I I feel like I was always the one kind of leaning in with the awkward, uh, you know, <laughs> the the one armed hug. <laughs> Listen, if I know someone, if I know someone, I'll I'll go in for the big bear hug. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, it's the casual hug that I'm always. It's just it's I dicey. I mean, it's well. What's the reason? You still haven't given me a reason. I'm like, what's his reason? <laughs> Okay, this was got it got turned on me real fast. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't. Maybe it was just like too too much intimacy with, with if it was just kind of a casual encounter with a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, may, I don't know. Maybe maybe because I've emerged from this last year, um, you know, so far from who my my hug hating self prior to the pandemic. Maybe I'll just come out arms flailing who knows i mean and even either way whatever you choose you're a winner in every right so that's the real that's, that's right. the real tea that's the real tea. i will have autonomy over whatever hug choice i choose you choose to give honey and yeah you have that right Shoot. <laughs> Boom. uh but I love how how you know they really centered the the hugging in that in that cover story, which I love because it does yeah. feel like that is very much your personality. But it is. I mean, I just like to I I like to be nice to people, and you know, if they don't want the hug, I'm not mad at it. You know, they'll right right. If they don't want it, they'll let me know, um, and I'm <laughs> cool with that. Just don't be coming back for another one the next time. <laughs> <laughs> one hug, one hug limit. Yep. That's, you know, that's the thing for me. Like, I just, I, I, I want people to always feel welcome. You know, I always want them to feel comfortable and welcome when they meet me. So I hope like that, that instills some kind of like welcomeness. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I think that is a, a beautiful, positive moment to end on. Um, Obviously, in addition to watching Pose, where can people find you uh, around the around the internet? You're doing um, so much. People can find me on my Instagram. They can find mm-hmm. me on my Facebook website. Um, and just check me out on television pretty soon with Miss Maya Rudolph. I know. I didn't even ask about that. That was a few yeah. weeks ago. New new series with Maya Rudolph. Yeah, baby. What is the yeah, fill me in on that briefly before we go. Maya Rudolph, Alex Shane, the writer, and a, a group of other individuals who are part of this 
I'm a part of this amazing um, comedy, which centers this woman named Molly, who just recently got divorced from her husband. And now she's on this new life um, path. And she mm-hmm. gets in contact with this girl named Sophia, who I'm playing, who works at a firm, I think, or a, a business that Molly owns part of. And yeah, we get to go into a little bit of office kind of situation. Uh huh. So I'm well. I'm, I'm so about excited. It. The the MJ Rodriguez Renaissance continues. Child, I live for you. <laughs> I live for you. I live right, for yeah. you. As I the, see this the, Beyonce on your shirt, like I'm here exactly. for this. Like, okay. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure. Same and uh, yeah, uh, I hope uh, we get to meet in person sometime. Yeah. I'll be in Brooklyn. You know, listen, I'm that kind of girl. I'm, I'm the roundaway girl. So you probably catch me over there sometime. That's where I am. So anytime. All right. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make our world a little bit better. This week, I wanted to talk about Trans Lifeline. It is one of the organizations that is highlighted by the uh, Brooklyn Liberation Movement, which is a, a protest put together by some folks that we know here in New York and that Barry and I uh, will be participating in. They are fighting for trans people, especially trans youth of color. And the Trans Lifeline is just one of the organizations that they are highlighting. It's a support line for trans people, by trans people. They offer both emotional and financial support to trans people in need. So obviously it is there for our listeners if they need it, but also it's there for our listeners to donate to and support. So we'll put that in the show notes. We can put the number in there too if you feel like calling it, but give them your support, especially during Pride Month, people. Okay, let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I have been watching in treatment both the original first couple seasons and the new season with Uzo Aduba, and it is so freaking good. So I want to talk I about... I didn't even know it was a show before. Yeah, so it was originally on a couple years ago, and this is this new season is really like a new season of it. It is a continuation in some ways, but it's kind of like a new installment. Uh-huh. So for those who don't know what in-treatment is, it's basically fictionalized therapy. It follows a therapist, and each episode is with a different patient. And then the fourth episode of every week, because multiple episodes come out a week... The fourth episode is that therapist either in therapy or in this new installment. She's seeing her sponsor because she's an AA. So this new season is incredible. Uzo Aduba is fucking phenomenal. The writing of the show is amazing. You feel like you're in a theater. Like it's it's basically mini plays. They're 25 minutes long. They can be heavy, but they're also just like helpful in a lot of ways too and beautiful and interesting sometimes they're funny it's also uzo's outfits in this her character's costuming is incredible and one of the reasons why i've been watching the show is also because we are making the podcast so melissa our wonderful producer is also producing in session the in treatment podcast and a previous guest complainer is the co-host so it's brandon kyle goodman talking with an actual therapist, Dr. Janelle. 
And the two of them break down the episodes week by week and talk about like the actual mental health situation that you would be in in real therapy and also like the acting and just like discussing the topics and like really taking the conversation outside of just the show. So I've been watching In Treatment. I'm loving it. And I have been getting so much more out of it because of the podcast that we've been making. So that is what I've been watching this week. Beautiful. What about you? Uh, I've watched no new TV. Um, Classic. But we did go and see our first movie in theaters in a in a long time. We did. Uh, so that will be my thing, which is Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> the, I The much made fun of movie on Twitter. <laughs> I just love that the last movie that I saw in theaters was a rowdy screening of Cats with you at Alamo Drafthouse. And the first movie that I saw in theaters since 2020 was Cruella at Alamo Drafthouse with you. Yes, both great experiences. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, made even better by the fact that the movie theater, it went, the movie stopped in the middle and I gasped out loud because I thought it was uh, initially like went to screen, went to black for dramatic effect. I mean, it Uh, wasn't a climactic part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And um, no, it was because they were having technical issues and then we got a movie for free. So always a great experience. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, Cruella, I mean, you know, it was exactly what, I think it was it was better than I was expecting. I know I definitely went in like to hate watch it, and then I was like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't hate this." It's not. It was yeah. Bad. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the take on Twitter, the overwhelming take was like, "How do you? This is an unredeemable character. Her name is literally Cruella <laughs> Deville. Like, how do you? How are you going to try to make a like making of this character movie?" That is anything more than like she wants to kill and wear dogs. <laughs> um, completely unredeemable. But it was almost more of like a retelling than, than yeah. a, a prequel. Mm-hmm. You know, Emma Stone is great. Emma Thompson is honestly one of my like top 10 divas. Yeah. I mean, she was essentially just Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada. But, you know, in true, d- true. But it, it works. So. The one thing that I did see on Twitter today that I was like, fuck, I, I forgot about that was that neither of them smoked cigarettes in this movie, which, you know, it's 2021. The anti-smoking lobby has won, um, <laughs> which I am firmly a part of. And yet I do forget that Cruella, one of her like signature accessories is the long 1920s like yeah. cigarette holder. Yeah, um, iconic. So that that would have made it better. But anyway, it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. What was your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that I got my first ever facial. Mm. And you know what? Never going back. Oh, wait, no, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say I'm never going back to not getting facials. <laughs> I am absolutely going back to get another facial. Um, not too much on the reg because they are expensive and it's basically just someone washing your face for you. <laughs> um, but it is a real treat and my skin has never, I mean, it just, it looks so much better than it did before and I really enjoyed it. So that was my little treat to myself. Yeah. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser? I will say I did have a moment this week where I was like, fuck, my skin is breaking out. And it's like just when I'm starting to go out and do stuff again. What horrible timing. And then I realized, oh, it's breaking out because I'm going out and drinking. (laughs) That's why. Um, 
So yeah, a facial might come in handy. Mm -hmm. But my chaser is just tank tops. Okay, I'm Ooh. I'm embracing tank tops for the first time in my life. Yes. What a what a brilliant piece of clothing. <laughs> you know, someone was like, well, "Fuck it, we don't need sleeves." And you know what? They were absolutely right. We don't. I'm I'm ashamed that I'm not wearing a tank top right now. Yeah. I'm I'm embracing tank girl summer. I will be expecting some horrible tan lines because of it. So you're welcome. And that is it for today's show. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, you can head straight to my Patreon page. You'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode. You'll get video of the full extended guest complainer interview and a bunch of other fun stuff. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And obviously, as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, our new intern, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Good for you. You're doing great out there without me, baby. Wow, I've listened to that album twice today. Because <laughs> I'm so 18. <laughs> I hope good for you is already at karaoke. <laughs>